Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Zwift is the app that turns indoor training into a game. Zwift is interval workouts, training plans, and massive online group rides made fun. Because fun works, and fun gets results. Fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com to try it today. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we start, something a little bit special today. Uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. A little bit special because it's the first time ever we are doing this on the Cycling Central podcast under my watch. Uh, we are joined on the phone with Dave McKenzie. Maka, you are in Spain. Well, I... Hello, Christophe. And well, guess what? I'm actually not in Spain. Yeah, no. And I'm not in France. I'm in Andorra. So, you know, I'm sort of, I'm in no man's land. I'm, I'm, uh, they don't speak Spanish. They don't speak French. I believe it's Catalan or it's a dialect of both. Uh-huh. And it's been a good day. We've, uh, well, it's been a good week and a bit on the Vuelta. And we had an amazing stage uh, yesterday here in Andorra. They're always good because there's no flat roads. And, uh, you know, I'm now I've got my washing on. I was going to ask you, because it's a rest day, we are talking to you on a rest day, and I know your little habits on a rest day. I suspect it's washing day. <laughs> It is. So let's choppity chop, because I've got my washing in the dry as we speak. And, you know... Uh, I don't want anyone coming along and seeing it there and it's finished and then I'm closed for us. So, um, yeah, let's let's get into it, shall we? Yeah, you've got your little bag with your little coins and everything. Anyway, I'm not going to reveal any <laughs> secrets. <laughs> okay, let's talk cycling. Uh, you mentioned the Vuelta. It's always exciting, the Vuelta. It is. Look, it's, it's, a, it's Spanish style too because everything's a little bit cruisier. The crowds aren't as big. Uh, the race is sort of the race is big. It's you know it's the third Grand Tour of the year. We sort of say I guess it's the third biggest race on the cycling calendar. Um, but it's always a fantastic race. The stages are generally a little bit shorter. Uh, they're more dynamic. They they throw in a mountain stage in the first sort of four or five days, which they did this year. And then, you know, now we've reached the first rest day. And as I just said, we had a brilliant stage uh, yesterday, our time, in Andorra. It was less than 100 kilometres, but there was effectively no flat road. There aren't any flat roads in Andorra. And we saw the first real sort of crunch in the race. But the beauty of it is the red jersey is separated by just six seconds from first to second. This is just incredible because we know how almost volatile the stages can be at the Vuelta. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it look it's a real um it's an interesting race for, for all the reasons I just said, but then also, you know, we've got to remind ourselves that it's late in the season. So some riders come here full of motivation and full of form. Other riders come here a little bit tired and, you know, they're doing team duties. And then you've got other guys that are, you know, they, they probably have the Tour de France as a major goal or early season goals, but they've had illness or injury. Uh, a lot of the time it's injury. And they've had to re reshuffle their program and end up at the Vuelta. So you end up having this actually fantastic race because you get a lot of riders that are sort of desperate for a result. Plus you've got, coupled with that, you've got guys that are potentially on their last year of a contract And they maybe haven't had a great season, so they're desperate to get a result, you know, in order to sort of up their contract uh, dollars for the following year. And names? Do you have any names 
people in that situation that are really almost uh, begging for a new contract next year? Um, look, no, I mean, I guess as we all know, it's, it's sort of hard to keep up too much with, with where riders are at with their contracts until you actually hear about it. We have heard a lot about the transfer market, haven't we? And one team, one team that you messaged me a couple of days ago, <laughs> a bit of tongue-in-cheek, Coffitus. I know. They've signed some big names, and wow, how well are they going at the Vuelta? And you know what? Nathan Haas liked my tweet, and I went, uh-oh. Someone is watching it. He would see the funny side. And, uh, I mean, you know, the number one rider that they've signed, Elia Viviani, I mean, this is huge for them. European champion. And, yeah, and, they, and they've, they're signing more names and more bigger riders, and... It's it's like it's almost like you're seeing it at the Vuelta. The the motivation is filtering through to the team that's here at the Vuelta because you know they had the red jersey yesterday. Uh, they've won a stage in Hazel Sadara. They've stepped up to the mark, and I think a lot of these guys go, well, gee, I want to stay on this team now because it's going places. So we've got to get some results. Yeah, absolutely, and it's quite it's quite interesting because uh, anyway, we we had a bit, lot of tongue and cheek at the Tour de France, and and the years gone by as well at the Tour de France, but it's not our fault, you know. They haven't had a result at the Tour de France since 2008, and we want that to change. Uh, and and it looks like next year they will actually be uh, seriously contending some of the stuff. I mean, we, it's early stages, but we know Viviani is at the pointy end of his sprint. Yeah, yeah, totally, and. Um and you're dead right, and and part of that reason is as well. You and I both know, and and anyone who works in, in the sport of cycling knows, Coffeeters don't just sponsor a cycling team. They they, they become a sub sponsor. They're a sub sponsor at the Tour de France. They're a sub sponsor at the Vuelta España. They they promote a junior program at the Vuelta. They promote a lot of other things around cycling. So they they put a lot of money into the sport, and at some point, if they don't start to win and win big, that sponsor, no matter how much he or she loves cycling, they're going to look elsewhere to put their dollars. So it is in their best interests and our best interests um, for, for them to stay in the sport and get results. Yeah, absolutely. So if we look at uh, what's been happening actually at the Vuelta for this, uh, the first few days, the first week actually, I should say, uh, anyone that surprised you? Any, any big surprise that you just go, yeah, I didn't really expect that? Yeah, good question. Um, look, what's been surprising, one thing that has been surprising, and this is more about the race as a whole rather than individuals, I think we've had seven lead changes in nine days, which is... You Volatile. Know, look, let's Volatile. look back through the books. When did that last happen at the Tour de France, the Giro, and or the Vuelta, for that matter? So seven lead changes. Uh, Lopez has worn the red three times. We've had, of course, Nicolas Nicolas Ege, uh, the Frenchman who just lost it overnight. Actually, now actually, I, I, want, I just want to mention it. something about him as well. Sorry to interrupt, but uh, he's, yeah. he's put this lovely tweet where, uh, he, of course, it was Father's Day a few days ago in, a, in in Australia, so that does it's not even related. But I'm just trying to say this. Uh, but the he, he put a lovely tweet where he always said, every time I come back from a Grand Tour, my daughter is asking me, why are all these guys getting a little lion and I don't get anything? Yeah. And he said, yeah. he said in the tweet. <laughs> He said, at least I'm going to bring her um, a bull, and I hope she's happy with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I saw that tweet. It was cute. It was it was great. And look, the joy from Nicola Eday on the podium, of course, of course, any rider who gets on the podium is happy, but you could just see that he was really soaking the moment up and enjoying it. And it was, it was a classic day because they didn't look like they were going to get the time that he needed in the breakaway to, to get the jersey. He needed it. I think he needed six minutes, six minutes 20 or something like that. 
And then it started raining, and the roads are so slippery in, in Spain, in that part of Spain, uh, because it doesn't rain much. So the peloton eased up, and suddenly it was sort of like we, we were going back 20 years in terms of grand tours. You've got this guy taking nine minutes on the peloton with a group of about 20 riders, and he put himself in the red jersey um, by two minutes. So it was... You know, we've had quite a few days like that, and it's just made the race really dynamic and really good to watch and, and really good to commentate. Yeah, absolutely, I bet. And uh, Nairo Quintana seems to always have a second sort of uh, breath of fresh air, second life at, uh, at uh, the Vuelta. Of course, he's, uh, he's won it a, a, year, uh, a few years back, but uh, he's doing really well this year. He is. Look, he won his stage, obviously, what was it, the first road stage, in fact, um, yep. uh, into Calpe, actually. And that was a really tough day. I don't think any of us expected that. And Matt Keenan said, no, Quintana is back now. I put him in the picture. And I said, no, nah, look, I'm going to – the jury's out for me. I said, it's so, so early. I, I just think off the back of the Tour de France, I'm not convinced he's going to be super here. But we're now nine days in, and he's got the red jersey, and he's riding well. So I'm starting to believe that Nadal Quintana can actually win this race, or at least can challenge for the victory. But, look, his teammate, Alejandro Valverde, what we saw overnight, you've just sort of taken me to the next subject, was Mark Soler, their teammate, was away solo, looking like he was going to win. They've called him back to help Nadal Quintana. He really spat the dummy. I mean, I can understand because, you know, this guy's going for a, a stage win. He's a super domestique. Meanwhile, Alejandro Valverde is attacking Roglic, trying to go across to Nadal Quintana when he's only sitting 15 seconds ahead of him. So I thought Valverde was a bit selfish, to be honest. And, you know, again, it's, we, it comes into question. We put the microscope over Movistar's tactics. I thought it was bits of it were, were a little bit poor. Again, back at the Tour de France. So they're, they're failing yeah. as well tactically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, they did a lot right yesterday. So the one thing, the one thing I didn't like, though, was Valverde attacking. Um, just because he was, they were too close to Quintana. He was sitting literally 20 seconds ahead of Roglic and Lopez. Valverde needed to sit there and not move. He needed to just wait and wait and wait, but he couldn't help himself. And it's just like, you know, you know they can they can spin it any way they want, Movistar. But they've had they've had they have had better tactics here at the Vuelta. But I just thought that was poor yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Miguel Angel uh, Lopez, what do you think of him? I, mean, I know he was one of the, one of the favorite of our one of our cameramen. Uh, if you remember, uh, Ken Munoz at the Tour de France. But uh, what do you, what do you how do you rate him this year? Look, he's good, and again, I guess I'll allude to the fact that you've got to look at the guys who rode the Tour de France that are here and the guys that rode the Giro that are here. Now, Lopez and Roglic, those two didn't ride the Tour, so they're fresher. I believe they'll be fresher in the final week just based on that simple mathematics of you know not having done the Tour de France. So the recovery's been longer. Roglic hasn't raced since the Giro d'Italia. Remember, he had a, uh, his wife had a baby, uh, not long after the Giro d'Italia, he had some downtime and then he had a really good build-up. They both crashed, incidentally, yesterday, Roglic and Lopez. So I think they may have ridden better on that final climb if they didn't crash across the dirt section. So, look, I think Lopez will be good in the final week um, and I think Roglic will be good. And I guess based on that, I guess I'm sort of steering towards those two fighting it out. 
Yeah, absolutely. I've put my money on uh, on Roglic, actually. I think uh, he, him skipping the Tour de France got his name written all over when he's at the pointy end again. What uh, what have we got ahead of us in the next in the next week or so? Well, yeah, interestingly, we are into Po. Remember Po? Oh, yes, I remember Po. It was very hot last time we were there. Uh, I, so I think it's going to be hot again. <laughs> Does it even get cold in Po? I'm not too sure. I, I, I don't even know if it does, mate. But look, <laughs> we've got an individual time trial there, same as the Tour de France. Of course, who would no one would uh, forget uh, Alaphilippe's brilliant time trial there on that day. It's a different course, I believe, but it is 36.2 kilometres. So I expect Roglic to take the lead and take a commanding position. I'm, I'm thinking he might he might take the lead by about a minute. He's only six seconds in arrears to Nato Quintana. And then it's just classic Vuelta. After that, we've got stage 11. I think we head back into Spain. We're into the Basque country. It's not a mountain stage, but there's a couple of Cat 3s and a Cat 2. They come in the second half of the stage. The following day, the climbs are stacked at the end of the race, but they're not big ones. But it means it's probably not a day for the sprinters. And then we go, then we go deep into the mountains. Um, we go up Los Machucos which is a, a brute of a climb. It's not super long and it's not super high, but it is super steep. And then, uh, you know, we've still got one, two, three, four, four more mountain days after Los Machucos before the end of the race in Madrid. So there's a lot of mountains to climb. I think in, in total we've actually got five days with over 4,000 metres of climbing. Yeah, we we thought the Tour de France was uh, also really hard in mountains. You gotta have, uh, you gotta feel for the guys that have done the Tour de France, like you mentioned, and now are getting through hell in those mountains as well. Yeah, well, actually, that's a really good point because here's the thing: the Vuelta this year, there's more meters climbed, gained at the Vuelta than the Tour de France and the Giro this year. So. Effectively, there's more climbing at the Vuelta than the other two Grand Tours. So you can argue that this is the hardest of the three this year. Absolutely. And then uh, we saw a Colombian winning in, uh, in, in Paris. Do you think we will see one of the Colombians uh, somewhere in the podium, or even maybe taking it uh, in Madrid on, a, on the stage 21? Well, wouldn't it be cool if a Colombian wins the race or a non-European? Because then, I think for the first time in many years, we'd have a non-European winning all three Grand Tours. That's of where course, I'm eluding it. Carapaz winning uh, the Giro d'Italia, Bernal winning the Tour, and then, well, who knows? It's up for grabs, isn't it, here at the Vuelta? So, I don't know. I've got a funny feeling that we could see that, and I, I just think it'd be good for the sport. Absolutely. Okay, one more uh, question regarding the Colombian. Chavez, uh, he had a few issues with the bike, I think. Um, and um, what's, what's been going on at Mitchelton and Chavez? Yeah, good, good question. Um Look, I think he's I think he's going okay. He's certainly not back to his best. And he had a he had a bit of a shock yesterday because he, he jumped off his fifty centimetre bike and onto Damien Housen's fifty eight centimetre. Yeah. Um he had no choice because the race was splitting up on the climb and the team car wasn't there. So he it was either sit on the side of the road and wait or get on a bike and pedal it. And um so he did that just to sort of get further up the road and then so he had three bike changes. Um, and then he lost time in the end, but it was a big chase. His team did a really good job trying to manage it, and uh, I think special kudos to Gabu Gramay. Um, I thought he was he was fantastic uh, for that team. Um, 
so the Ethiopian, and he'd, and he's been in a breakaway a few days ago as well, sort of searching for a stage win. So the team rode really well in support of Chavez, but he's just not at his best. I think he can win a stage, um, but the problem is he's still sort of too close on general classification. So I think it's decision making time for the team. Do they? Does he lose more time and then he gets a little bit more freedom to go for a stage win, or does he sort of box on and try and try and make some ground up in the last weeks? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, thank you for all your insight on the on the Volta. It's been uh, awesome to see you guys actually on the on uh, on the screen. I'm a little bit jealous, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that's the oh, next. Mate, that, look, that's I'll the next one what, I want to do. I've put you. I've put your name up here. I've put your name in with the organisers, and I said, look, he really likes tappers. Um, <laughs> he really likes late nights. And they said, hey, what's he like about working? And I said, oh, look, that's irrelevant, isn't it? I said, he's got exactly. to stay up late and like tappers. <laughs> and they sort of seem to agree. So. I'm thinking of, you've got a legging. You've got a shoe in for next year. Ah, thank you. You're a true mate, you know. You're a true mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, one, <laughs> one last mention before we uh, let you go and uh, fold all your lovely washing. Uh, Jack <laughs> Haig, I don't know if you've seen this, uh, but Jack Haig finished on the podium of the Bretagne Classic, uh, which means he's hedging towards, you know, closer to uh, what could be a big win. Wow, no, I, I, I haven't seen this. Obviously, I've been engrossed. We've been keeping an, an eye on a, a few races here and there, but I have missed that. So that is that is great news. And, I mean, he's a star, Jack. He's a star in the making. And you always sort of pause a little bit. I try to with the younger riders to not... Um, not so much put pressure on them, but you don't, want to, you don't want to build it up too much in the media to the fans. Um, it sort of sets them up for failure, but Jack's on his way. We know that he's already got some results on the board. But that's that's really good news. And he was, you and I both know, he was a little bit disappointed with his performance at the Tour de France. I think that's fair to say he shouldn't have been, but he, I, I guess he wanted to do more for the team, didn't he? And it's but a good way to bounce back with a result. Absolutely, but it's a way also that you, it shows the guy, it shows the commitment of the guy as to this team, and and uh, and and him thinking could have done better you know like he was not disappointed yeah. in the wrong way he was disappointed in a good way saying jeez oh, I could have done a lot better yeah yeah and I think I think massive learning curve for him at the Tour de France this year and um, look he's gaining experience the whole time and he's learning probably more about his body and how to deal with the pressures and the, the psychological as well as the physical aspects of riding a Grand Tour so no I think it's all it's only all good for Jack and you know I think the next the next 12 to 24 months, I think, will be really exciting for us and for Jack Haig to, to, to watch his progress. Absolutely. And who knows? He could, be, he could be very good next year in one of the three-week tours. And don't forget, there's the World Championship coming up as well before that. And, Ooh, uh, yeah. and, and I'm oh, not yeah. saying he there's can be World there's Champion, there's but there's he could be in that mix, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's a few guys there. And look, another one I'll mention just on that, uh, Phil Gilbert, he, he's only been in the break on one day here, but he looked very, very strong. So he is building nicely. Uh, for the world champs. Okay, and then you did you did put your house on the line with Alaphilippe at the Tour de France. Would you are you ready to sign him off for the for the world championship, or are we putting your house on the line again? Ooh, ooh you like my house. You want it, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen a few photos. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gee, well, mate, if you've seen the photos, I don't know why you're after it. But <laughs> um, no, nah, look, I think all, all I'll say is, and I think we'll all agree on this. It's going to be, a, I think this year is going to be one of the most sort of closely fought out world championships with the likes of Alaphilippe, Phil Gilbert, you know, he's, what, 37 years of age. Uh, the Yates brothers, I think one of the Yates boys is doing it. It's their home turf. It's their home territory. So 
it's a race that suits a lot of people. And then what about Peter Sagan? Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. he wouldn't mind it back on his shoulders again, would he? Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know what? You've got Vuelta to finish before. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and a lot of driving to Po. <laughs> I believe it's like four hours or something. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. Don't remind me. Okay. Enjoy the breakfast because it's morning for you. And then uh, don't forget to uh, make sure your washing is well dry before you fold it, okay? I'm running down there right now, mate. Good to talk to you. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you, Maka. And this was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye Before we go, a quick shout-out to Zwift, the app that turns indoor training into a game. Getting started is easy. You just need your bike, a trainer, and your PC, Mac, or Apple device. With training plans, interval workouts, group rides, and a global community to motivate you, level up, and become a stronger rider. Give people a ride on, and you're sure to get one back, as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor training. Go to Zwift.com today for your free trial.